Yeah. That's so so the, the funniest thing for me is that you mentioned like Johnny didn't have fun and then he wants to go play for John Tortorella. <laughs> right. Like you're not like, and I'm not saying Daryl Sutter is this like entertainment. Puppies and rainbows. Animal, but you can win under him. I well, win- you know, let, me, let me just say. Someone would say the same about John Tortorella, especially oh, when you look at the way that he took Columbus from being like, meh, to a division contender, whether or not yeah. they actually won the Metropolitan doesn't really matter. They were higher up there. They actually won a playoff series for the first time in franchise history. Not just any, oh, they won it. Barely. Vincent, you're not they supposed to prove me wrong. You're Tampa supposed Bay to validate me. I'm yeah. just so saying. I, I, I will, I will say. So the, the players the, the, like playing for John Tortorella until they don't like playing the, for John Tortorella. The two Tortorella. things I want to say are that John Tortorella, I think, is one of those coaches who has become so hated that he's become underrated as a coach, mm-hmm. but he definitely wears out quickly. He, he's the type of coach you want Give it five years. If you're, if you're a middling team and want to become like a playoff team and then see what works and then maybe move on to your coach, who's going to be your, you know, your real coach. Yeah. Um, I don't know we, if he can win another cup. I'm, I would love to see it just because his last one was in 2004, a fully grown adult by now. <laughs> Doesn't remember when John Torella lifted the cup in Tampa. Yeah, that's a, I, I'm not a, saying I'm the Marty St. Louis fan of torts. I'm just saying that sometimes you get a coach like John Torella or Ken Hitchcock years ago where they just go a long time in between and you wonder, can they make the turn and actually stay with the game? And somehow he has. He's got his own style, that's for sure. But he has actually his style is hating Trevor Zegers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's that. He hates fun. That's but not he, fun. Kevin Hayes and Johnny Gaudreau are not going to be allowed to have fun. He does a <laughs> lot more than what people give him credit for in terms of sitting down and analyzing games from a night to night basis. He ran Pierre Luc Dubois out of town again. Not saying that he's a good angel child here, but also. Pierre-Luc Dubois did a little bit of that to himself. And And that is a perfect segue to players that if you don't end up bringing back David Krejci, you know, is there a way that you could try a trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois? I would. Is he more of a prototypical Bruin in the size factor? Because fans on Twitter today are looking at the Canadians getting bigger and everything and saying, the Bruins, they can't make a hit. Can they? I mean, they, that's what Connor Clifton does. When he's not and he's only five eleven. So horrible. Play. Okay, that's true. Um, then the Bruins should draft. No, you shouldn't. I was gonna say Wyatt Wilson, but don't do that. Is there a path to Pierre Luc Dubois? Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's the the kind of guy who is getting the reputation as someone who wears out his welcome, which is funny because I think Patrick Line has kind of done the same thing to himself. Yeah. Um, and and meanwhile, he's sitting in Columbus, chilling like a villain because, you know, what else do they have? Um, but I I think there's still something there. Like a, he's gotten a reputation as like a decent two way forward, but didn't really have the the kind of he just needs the right coach effort season that he needed. Um, and yeah, I mean, r- real tough year in in winnipeg in general like i think that team just like <laughs> their coach literally tapped out because his heart wasn't in it anymore yeah yeah well so kudos to paul maurice for acknowledging that the team was not going to go anywhere and at least being like you know what you guys should get a head start on this because you really have some big questions in the offseason <laughs> yeah it's like mark shifley like just doesn't want to be there anymore I saw a video of Mark Shifley. I was just watching weird media day stuff. That is not what I thought Mark Shifley looks like. <laughs> he's he's like one of those. He's like a Colin Jost, where like he's like kind of good looking. But, but I like... would expect him to come and like fix my computer, not <laughs> be a hockey player. But. That makes for great, you know, hiding yourself when you're out in public, I guess. But yeah, I guess a shout to the brunch podcast where he, he's a weatherman. Like he put a suit yeah. on him and give there him a, a throwback. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah, but I think. 
I think Mark oh. Shifley's a, a knucklehead. So, oh, what happened? More rumblings of a trade in the works. Lots of conversations between uh, Armstrong and Ken Holland. They're trying to move Zach Cassian. <laughs> yeah, you'd better. Sounds be like it's getting close. Ken. Get him out. I don't want to see him. The trade is Zach Cassian for Milan Lucic one for one. Yeah, I mean that would that would be fair. Uh, Ian Do you McLaren. want Matthew Kachuk to request a trade? <laughs> I mean, at this point, if Kachuk leaves, Ian McLaren, friend of the pod, uh, David Krejci is currently in Boston, FYI. Uh, so, confirmed David Krejci signing with the Bruins. Um, I hope he's having fun. Again, it doesn't mean that. No I'm kidding. Krejci is um, probably coming back because I mean Jim Montgomery is in town now. So, so, so we were we were talking. Bruins center issues. I mean, I, I think yes. I don't. I don't know what this gets, gets it. back onto the topic that I have, which is if you don't have Krejci or Bergeron or any, if if you just need to sign a center, I have three names for you. Is one of them Nazem Kadri? Because apparently the Bruins have ten million dollars in cap space, and that's what the contract is going to be. I can shoot <laughs> that one down for you right now. No, that's not happening, and. Uh, I would love to have whatever that guy had because it seems like he's having a good time. But uh, the the guy that tweeted that, not Nazem Kadri. I mean, Kadri's having a great time too, winning the cup with the Avs. Shout out Joe Sackick, the Jim Gregory GM of the Year Award winner now. Uh, but back to the three names I have for you that do not include Nazem Kadri. Would love him. Don't think it's realistic. I have three names that are all plausible. One of them the definitive this would be the bad contract that Bruce Cassie uh, sorry that Don Sweeney signs and the you know the others being like Bruce Cassidy still fucking up from the from Vegas <laughs> the other two being the ones that you probably should actually sign so I'm gonna say the names now Vincent Trocheck that's the bad one right that would be kind of like the medium one if we're being honest here so He's I I, I like Vince Trocheck I like Trocheck. I don't know that you would be able to sign him to a long-term deal and be confident in a long-term contract, but it's certainly no Chris Letang just sticking around Pittsburgh to retire as a long-term injury reserve player elsewhere. Uh, but again, if you're a little uneasy signing a 28-year-old to a seven-year contract because you looked at David Especially Backus, one with an injury history like Trocek, who is literally like anyone in the history two years removed from just like not being that good. And it's very weird. If you can get him on a what I call a Michael Ryder deal, a three year contract, that'd be fine. Now, this is, of course, if you don't have Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, one or the other or both. Paul Stastny is another name that I'd like to throw out there. Sean Monahan. He's him. getting old. And he is exactly the type of player that Don Sweeney would probably sign if you don't get David Krejci because, well, he's only like a year younger than Krejci at this point. So we could sign Stastny to like a five-year deal, six million per. Sounds good, right? Wait, that's what you think he's going to get? No, absolutely not. That's But that's the type say, of thing that, don't, don't, no. that Sweeney might throw out there. And you'd be like, what are you doing? Please go back and consult your everyone, literally everyone that works for you that is telling you not to do that. <laughs> Just like a two-year, six million total contract. Golden, do that. Or, or one year or whatever. But you know, you really have to sit down and say, is this team a contender? for a playoff spot, not cup contender, but a legit playoff spot. Once you get in, anything can happen, sure. But can you actually get there, or is it time to stay, to take a few steps back? So between Stassi and Trocek, I don't know who you would like more. But then the Ottawa Senators have provided us with a simple solution if you want a little bit of a reclamation project by the name of Colin White. One of Still the young NHL's guy. one of the NHL's Collins. Still a young guy. Uh, not terrific numbers in the last season, but then again, consider the fact that he played for the Ottawa Senators. Now, I'm not saying the Sens are bad because follow-up question: uh, by acquiring Alex DeBrincat, does this mean that the Ottawa Senators are the new New York Rangers in that they made like one or two moves in the offseason and they're going to go all the way to the Eastern Conference Final now? Probably. Let's be real here. Ottawa works in mysterious ways. 
But um, if Colin White is a guy that the Bruins could sign, do you do it? Why not? Mm, Not really. Are there any other comparables that would be better than Colin White in terms of age range that might be out there? Dylan Strom, perhaps. Uh, yeah, that was the oh, name. Oh, but he's a small player. Up. You know, he can't make the big hits. Can't win Damn, the big games. You keep you keep stepping on my shit. Dylan Strom was my guy. That's what I do. Um, Dylan Strom was at the Toronto uh, Blue Jays game a couple weeks ago, screaming at at the Yankees or something. And I love that energy. So big yeah, bring him, bring energy. him into town. Um, no, I, I think I think Dylan Strom is is a good target it's interesting to look at chicago as another like they've already traded two guys um so i don't, I don't know how willing they're going to be to move everybody unless they're legitimately tearing the whole thing down um, they're doing that I, I hope so um it's gonna be great that it, it's my god i don't so I, know i know what's going on there. i know stastny was your like, don't do this, Don. Don't there. do the wrong deal. With He's going to do the wrong deal. He's I a think, free agent. Personally, as a fan of Paul Stastny for his entire career, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him, but I just know that, like, it's John Michael Lyles 2.0 if you I sign him with a two-year deal. I think a two-year deal on Stastny would oh. be totally fine. What? Um... Leafs are trading Peter Mrazek to Blackhawks. Believe it involves number 25, pick number 25, and Mrazek for 38 overall. Quick That's... analysis there. Kyle Dubas had a great quote the other day because someone was like, you know, Mrazek sucks, right? Like someone basically flat out said that. And he was like, I think he's a good goaltender that can play in the National Hockey League. Like he, he wasn't about to throw him under the bus, but you also know that his time is up in Toronto because he's he can't compete for the starter job. And at this point, they're either going to try to sign someone in free agency and really compete with Jack Campbell, who is kind of the starter, kind of not, or maybe Shalgren will just develop into starter quality. It, it's it's a lot like Colorado right now. They now have Alexander Georgiev, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Cassian is going to Arizona. Sorry, everyone. But with, but with Georgiev um, in Colorado on top of Pavel Francis, Darcy Kemper likely going to free agency because they won't be able to sign him with the cap hit and everything. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really just banking on like, well, we have uh, Anunin, Justice Eustace Anunin. He's going to be the goal center of the future. In the meantime, let's try to win a few more cups. So <laughs> I, was think, a goalie. I was thinking about this earlier today. Darcy Kemper has always been this goaltender to me that has never really, I don't want to say proved himself, but has never been like 100% legit. And I don't know if that's just because he's he with Arizona. That. He's faced a ton of shots because he played for Arizona. And then right. he was with the Avs. And he looked good. He, he looked had stretches decent. where he was like, this is, he has been a top three percentage goaltender in the last like three seasons for a reason. Right. And then when he gets injured, I mean, it's it's kind of a major setback every time he gets injured. And as Chris notes, it's always like that's. Yeah, I think it was very funny when. The. The Coyotes did the Bruins thing. They they did what the Bruins did with uh, Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid. And they were like, all right, let's sign these two exact same players who play the exact same position to very similar deals because they're always hurt and maybe they'll like balance each other out. So like when one's hurt, the other will take over. And then they were just both hurt all the time when they did Auntie Ranta and Darcy Kemper. It's And so my, my only concern down. remaining with the avalanche goaltending department is, okay, so you don't like Kemper ultimately in the long, long run because you want to pay him the, Philip Grubauer money. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. You're a little bit worried about, well, if he gets hurt a lot, uh, well, Pavel Francis, if he gets hurt a lot, then, then what are you left with? Yeah. Nothing. I mean, I still think there's a chance that Georgiev is like good, not like great. Well, so that's the thing. Uh, you know, there is, there is potential system. There's potential left in that 
player. Right. The Rangers he... system, which has made correcting corrections the last couple of years, because yes, their defense has gotten better through the play and effect of Adam Fox on everyone else compared to three years ago when Georgiev burst into the league. However, I mean, there's the, the healthy competition, the watching Sturkin play out of his mind and suddenly you don't play as many games and that affects your confidence and what have you. Now he's going into a, a situation where he might be a little bit more comfortable. You have Devon Taves bailing you out when Kale McCarr isn't already taking the puck from end to end for you. So you have a better team defensively scheming, speaking, and then you have the ability the flexibility to be like, well, Franz Hughes and Georgiev, we might just do 41 and 41, see who's better and go with you in the playoffs. See, I think what can really I've, come into his own. What I've gathered from Rangers fans is that once you give Georgiev consistent time and you're not doing this one game every five sort of long stretches situation. You might play if 20 that, tops while the other guy plays like 80 games. Right. Like I just, I think that it's reasonable to, you know, give him the starting job and just be like, listen, we have faith in you. He's still young. Isn't he? Yeah. He like, I, I don't know how old he is off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure him and Shesterkin are around the same age. Um, and Shesterkin's like 26. So I don't know. I'm not. Georgiev is 26. Okay. So they're the same age. Um, I'm not writing him off. I think that he's an interesting case where I hate calling players late bloomers at 26 because you're not late. But it's a goaltender. So it is technically, Goals, yeah. you can be a late bloomer. Yeah. I mean, like Tim Thomas bad, for one Thatcher thing. Patrick Jake Which is normal, I think, in that position too, because you have to. Absolutely. It's not. I'm not saying forwards don't have to go out there and earn their spot, but it's very different as a goaltender because usually, when you go into the organization, they have their guy. As a goalie, I think uh, I don't know if this is going to be a Ted Lasso style phrase or not, but it's easier for other teams to learn the book on you than for you to learn the book on yourself. So. You know, that you merge into the league, they'll find all the holes and they'll start scoring goals. But then you really work on the mechanics and cutting down on the angles and doing all the right things. And then it starts to click. And goalies just take a longer time sometimes than other players. The avalanche goaltending scenario reminds me a lot of the Boston Bruins and Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. Granted, the, the age and the difference in experience might be, again, not one-to-one in terms of scale, size, ratio, what have you. But Allmark is a type of goaltender that with more games can play better, and we saw that. However, you know, how much do you really want to depend on him going on a stretch in the playoffs when Swayman is the goaltender of the future, but you don't want to over-rely on him too soon or too early? The same can be said of Georgiev and Francis at this point for the avalanche. Can I interest you? Oh, no, never mind. I'm gonna say, can I give you Vladar? Like, we had him, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I love goalies. I think they're just really neat, and would really like to see all of them succeed. But yeah, everyone should date one. No, I am available for anyone <laughs> listening. I was a goalie. Not that desperate, but I, <laughs> kind of. It's because I was. Cheating. I don't know. I I think our listeners are chill. Yeah. Yeah. Hit up Lancey on Twitter. Oh my god. Twitter is a fantastic. Listen, two out of three of us can attest to Twitter being the best Twitter dating, dating site app. out there. So. A <laughs> hey, uh, mixed results podcasts are are also uh, good dating apps. The last time I tweeted a photo of myself was like 2013. So good luck figuring out how well, I look. You and Chris like must have called each other and said, where are your Colorado Avalanche colors? Oh, I've just been wearing this Sackett jersey all day because it's well, his birthday. But no one, I actually don't even think I own light blue or maroon. But excuse me, it's, it's burgundy actually. Okay, well, I don't actually know I do have burgundy because when I worked at Target, we could wear any variation of red. 
There you go. That's the only Which technically would include Maroon, but art nerd. Anyway. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Wearing, um, uh, the pants to match. Oh, wow. wow. Look at that. Very festive. Wow. His birthday party is happening an hour north of me. Think I still got time to show up? Yeah. I, I fashion it's only an late. hour. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'll go take the bus. I'm not uh what else we got were there any other moves i mean i, th I think oh right so the draft and all the trades oh that yeah happened at the draft so let's let's do like a quick run through of all the trades and signings and then let's talk about how shane wright dropped well i mean we, we kind of went over like all the trades at this point uh the one that we haven't really talked about is alexander romanov going from the montreal canadians and the 98th overall pick to the New York Islanders for a 2022 first round pick. That was the 13th overall pick that the Habs then used to flip to Chicago for Kirby Doc. So Romanov going from Montreal to Long Island. That's your awesome. thoughts on that? Uh, Devon Taves replacement held 100% fulfilling. I, I like him. I, I think he's a decent player. And I think, uh, you know, probably Is this good... Mikhail Sergachev 2.0. Probably, probably a good spot for him too. just be, being able to, you know, he'll, he'll have minutes there. I have beef with Long Island, but that's just because my neighbors, my new neighbors are from there and they walk really loud. That's it. I, you know, I make up these fake beefs all the time. I do not have fake, fake beef beefs. with Milan Lucic, though. Fake beefs. That, uh, Arby's, uh, the official that... sponsor of. <laughs> no, Lucic we have the fake meats. Has that's that real beef. Real. Uh, allegedly real beef. It's 100% real beef. Impossible. 100% our scientists haven't concluded definitively but they're too busy in space right now chris is coming to you live from the international space station uh, where he is not looking at the notes that i should have sent to him because i was in charge of all the draft date notes uh the other trades again we've all talked about them so that's what happened there Mark andre Fleury, extension oh, signed yeah. today. Fleury signed a two-year deal worth $7 million total. That's a $3.5 million cap hit. Two more years of the flower himself. Uh, well, flower, not the flower, because the flower, of course, would refer to Guy Lafleur. But flower himself <laughs> is sticking around in Minnesota. And uh, is that good? That's an interesting spot. I mean... 3.5 million kind of backup money, but also kind of not. I don't think that team's getting significantly worse. I know a lot of people are talking about. I don't uh, think they're getting Kevin, that much better. Kevin Fiala leaving. Uh, but I mean, the, this is, I feel the same way about them as I feel about the Bruins. I, I don't think they're underrated necessarily, but like. They're middle we're of the we're, road hockey. We're, we're talking about that. teams that at one point were considered the best team in hockey because they got super hot in the middle of the season toward the you know, middle end of the season. And people were talking about both the Bruins and the wild as like Stanley cup contenders. And now just because they lost like a couple of players, I mean, obviously if the Bruins don't get Bergeron back, then yeah, we're talking. <laughs> we're in a whole different ball. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, everyone wants to tear shit down and not, take another kick at the can with with a pretty good team and episode turns out is pretty good i know colorado like is a lot better on paper than than teams like the wild but that's that's the the it's kind of template. the bruins beat the abs at one point in the regular season just so saying colorado and happen. tampa are two teams that never panicked they were two teams with high expectations that got kicked out of the first round a couple of times had had some pretty Bad horrific losses in the first round of the playoffs uh specifically tampa getting swept by columbus that was uh pretty embarrassing a john torella special <laughs> yeah uh that that is stuff where you could easily as a gm justify saying hey let's let's get rid of one of our top players let's let's find let's break down I don't know, Steven Stamkos into pieces or something like that. And instead they stuck with it, uh, moved, moved players that weren't, you know, core to their success and ended up 
just taking more kicks of the can. I mean, Joe Sackett made a bunch of really shrewd moves this past year just to (laughs) – there are a lot of players that ended up on that team that really put them over the edge. So I'm not saying, like, every team can do that every year. It helps when you acquire an artery like an in Josh Manson and literally everyone else that they added. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, Pavel Buchnevich, like, that's – no, other guy. Uh, Larry Nikushkin? Nikushkin? Nope. Other guy. Andre Burakovsky? Burakovsky. There we go. Buchnevich How do you the get Blues. him and the other one? Oh, they both start with these. Okay. B- Buchnevich and Burakovsky yeah. are, are the same. And if you're going to say they're both Russian, I was going to be like, uh, one's no. Swedish, actually. No. Fun fact. <laughs> um, I was never. No, but the, the, those, are, those are the kinds of things that win you a, a Stanley Cup. But I don't think like losing somebody like Kevin Fiala is the end of the team where you need to start moving everybody off your roster and panicking. I think in some ways losing Kevin Fiala is like when the Bruins got rid of Phil Kessel. Now the situation was different because Kessel just was like, I'm not going to resign here. And the Bruins were like, well, you're an RFA. So, you know, your options are, suck it up and deal with it or we can trade you and the wild with fiala it was basically just like hey uh we don't really have the cap space we have, we have 14 million of dead money on our contract yeah. because we don't have the uh, cap space we love you but i mean unless you're gonna retire and take up modeling because the guy is a rocket uh they he they just had to move him no to a team Smith where he just reconnected with former National Predators teammate Victor Arvidsson on the Los Angeles Kings, the, the National Predators West, if you may. Um, because I honestly, at this point, they might add Philip Forsberg in free agency. And, Don't say that. You know, maybe they can just go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. No. Not that yeah. soon, but Western no. Conference final, at least. So, it, so back to the, back to what we were actually talking about, uh, Mark Andre Fleury. I think yeah, he's a good-looking goaltender. I think yeah. he's a fine uh, a fine goaltender at this point in his career. It's a little bit. He's incredibly inconsistent, but at the end of the year, you're going to get above average numbers, and so, I think you're just hoping that he's hot when the playoffs hit. Really, what you're trying to say is, if he's going to be more so a backup, if you're going to let cam talbot get more of the starting former flame cam talbot former oiler cam talbot it's a good thing to have a popular backup in the room both according to brian burke's book and also bruins fans have noticed with anton hudobin over the years the two stints he had here really well respected loved by everyone and you you need understands his role type guy yeah i mean there's another great one a jonas Uh, gustafson type guy The, yeah. the monster himself but but that's just it is that flurry is a cool dude he was playing for a team that he's going to play for he doesn't really want to have to move it's it's a stereotypical hockey player doesn't want to sort of deal but also in this case he has a family and his kids you know maybe they love minnesota at this point um so he's he's going to be there for two more years which is kind of beyond me i honestly if you were to tell me Who's going to play longer, Marc-Andre Fleury or Mike Smith? I would be saying, oh, Mike Smith in a heartbeat. But at this point, it doesn't seem like this could be the last contract for Fleury. Because honestly, two years from now, the Edmonton Oilers could come calling and saying, hey, so Mike Smith's been gone for a year now. We need a goaltender. Would you like to come play here? You know, I just, I don't know. I think he's nice. I think he's a good goaltender. Like you said, you're going to get above average numbers, but I do think that it's like kind of at the point in his career where maybe not starting every game is kind of the way to go. He's become the the Marty Turco with the Bruins yeah. type of goaltender sure. at this point. Uh, Manny sure. Fernandez, if you will. Uh, Manny, hey, there's a classic name from the good old days. Remember when Manny Fernandez and Tim Thomas won the Jennings? I'm just trying, trying to name numbers. as many backup <laughs> Bruins goaltenders as I can in this episode. Alex Ald. Easy action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer where you can feel the sweat like never before with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. 
Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, the same game parlay spreads money, lines, over-unders, and props. You better... Your betting options feel endless. Please talk about an upcoming game of your choice, matchup pairings that interest you, who you'll be keeping an eye on, who most excites you, etc. Um, uh, Red Sox, eh? Uh, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Back to y'all. There's the name that you probably haven't heard since 2008. And we didn't uh, mention Yara Holak, but Joe McDonald, Joey McDonald, not the the reporter, but the goaltender version. Uh, Jordan Siglet, there's another name. Hanu Toivonen, there's a a really Matt young Cassian throwback. Is officially a Yotes player. He will be playing in a college arena this year. I love playing the game of name goaltenders from like 20 years ago because it's a lot of fun. Um. Anything else before we head to uh, the draft? Yeah. So oh, yeah. there was no. one more. We're still thing going, and we've been here draft. for. We've been here for. A while. First round of the draft is too long. It is at this point. Yes. I. You know what? They're on pick. Pick twenty six. As long as they're I done by eleven. Bradley, like forty five minutes ago, asking what pick they were on, and it was twenty three. Sorry. They're they're kind of cruising along. As long as tomorrow is a lot better than last year. I don't know if it was because of uh, the fact that everything was virtual and I guess they just like don't have internet in some of the far reaching places of the league. (laughs) But last year's rounds two through seven took all day and pretty much all night. And I do not want that. We should just go to a Starbucks then and just wait to be called. Hack into the uh, Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes, or a McDonald's. I'm just kidding, everyone. Please don't cancel me for I'm reaching and saying that I'm like classist or something. I'm just trying to think of the things I do when my internet goes. You away. know, Jess, digital divide is a very real thing, and uh, it is. No, it, it, is. it is. It really is. Even locally in upstate New York, there were kids who didn't have internet um, when schools went remote. So the spectrum charter whoever cable wi-fi company said if you sign up for wi-fi and you need it for your kid it's free not to pump my alma mater's tires too much but uh, digital charlotte a great initiative from queen's university of charlotte and the knight foundation providing internet access and lessons for those that need digital media literacy skills oh, I love that. in and around Charlotte, North Carolina. So uh, if anyone, I don't know if there's a way of donating to that, but look it up on your own time and uh, maybe do that because that's always fun. All right, sick. The draft. So the entry draft brought to you by the the boy auction. The the boy auction, as they're calling it on Twitter these days. That's what they're calling it on Twitter. Interesting. Uh, It's like one of those date night auctions that you know they're like i can go out for a night with the player and then they have to be back by a certain time because they have a curfew and everything uh except in this case they have a curfew because their parents or billet parents are saying you have to be back by 10 and 10 o'clock at night parents are saying they're already out 30 minutes past curfew because the first round still isn't over the first round a quick recap the first overall pick belongs to the montreal canadians and the draft is in montreal conspiracy theory much Chris, do you know who went first overall? I can't pronounce his name, but I do know who went first. That's why I was hoping you would say it, because uh, Slavkovsky, (laughs) Slavkovsky, um, I will learn that by the next episode. From TPS in Liga, the Finnish league, first ever Slovakian-born player to be drafted first overall in the NHL entry draft history. 
Uh, got a congratulatory message from Zdeno Chara on the Sportsnet feed, but we did not see that here in the States. And uh, Jakob Lauko. Wow. Does anyone remember the 2015 draft? We don't talk about that around here for good reason, because we live in the moment, and the moment is now 2022. Um, well, I, no, I live in the future. Okay. Here from yeah. now. No, you live in the past because you're in a different time zone. Yeah, oh, also it right. true. It is seven thirty <laughs> here, and it is ten thirty where you guys are. We'll wrap this up at some point, <laughs> eventually. Uh, I'm happy. You know, you know who's really excited about this is Patrick Laverty, who always complains that our episodes aren't long. long enough for him to to finish his run, <laughs> and so now he's on mile five. I, no, yeah. I was hoping he's on mile fifty at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Kitty. You join in the show? Okay. Uh, Bruins was the second overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft. The uh, Ribs no, actually drafted him in their pet draft in 2020. Simon Nemec, or however you would technically say it, because again, Slovakian, uh, went second it? overall to the New Jersey Devils. He's a defender. Now, everyone coming in was like, Shane Wright, Shane Wright, Shane Wright. However, the last two years, we haven't really been able to see too much junior hockey, depending on where you are in the world. Because, well, of course, COVID-19 is still ongoing. So at times, seasons were canceled outright. Playoffs were canceled. Seasons were shortened, what have you. Shane Wright was in the OHL originally with exceptional status because, oh, he's the next Connor McDavid. He still could be. However, exceptional status has been on the rise in the last five years alone, let alone decade, compared to the first decade that they even offered it. So, you know, at some point, are those players really that exceptional will be a question. But for right now, I, I think a lot of teams were just trying to avoid looking at Shane Wright and saying, yeah, well, exceptionally, it means he has to be good. When a guy like Sean Day was granted exceptional status, I forget if he was between John Tavares and Connor McDavid or shortly thereafter McDavid. I think he was between because he's around my age. But, um, you know, these days he's with the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. I forget if he's technically won a ring or not. Good for him. But there was like 10 years in between when everyone was like, oh, he's a bust. You know, exceptional status, couldn't even get first overall in the NHL entry draft and clearly a bust. Shane Wright went from being ranked first in some places or second in a lot of others to falling to fourth. And there's no shame in that. You are a first round draft pick of the National Hockey League. Right. Only he, 32 players from year to year, provided nobody's been forced to forfeit their pick because of draft tampering and what have you. <clears throat> the Coyotes last year. <laughs> but 32 players in the entire world get to say that they were first round picks. If you get selected first overall or 230th overall, I don't know if there's actually that many picks, but uh, you know, with with the addition of a 32nd team, it's they've added a few more picks in the seventh round now. Um, it, that is tremendous. That's something to be celebrated. And then if you don't get picked, of course, you can always walk on and sign on as an undrafted prospect somewhere and become the next Martin Saint Louis. Or pause for effect, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. <laughs> You could be the next Johnny Cadreau and sign with the Philadelphia Flyers. No, no you shouldn't Hit sign it. with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's going to Flyers. go to the New Jersey Devils. You just know it's going to happen since they drafted a defender second overall mm-hmm. instead of another set. No, I will I will stop hosting this podcast. Just kidding. I can't do that. I have a car payment now. Um, <laughs> but no, like in all seriousness, like I just, there is so much pressure on all of these kids. I feel like from the time that they can skate and they're, you know, parents are dragging them and living through their child and that they're 18 and they're eligible for the draft. And like your kid drops to number four. Not God. something to freak out about. No, it's not. And I just, I mean, maybe it's Montreal because... versus Seattle. Where would you rather live? Seattle, I guess. No income tax. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I feel bad for like, like that article that came out today if you even want to call it that from bar down it's like draft busts and it's like and who cares 
Like truly, who cares? You, you know, I, I think I might have written something about Nail Yakupov like three years ago. But I mean, I, I don't when I say like draft bust, I never try to be like, this guy sucks and he should feel bad. But I, I try to look more like, hey, scouting really messed up, messed up on this. Right. One. Like they, they went with Yakupov over this guy and compare Yakupov with, say, Patrick Stefan in a year where 1999, we knew the draft was going to suck anyway, compared to the year before or the year after. You know, the talent wasn't necessarily there. It wasn't that the players are, oh, you're terrible and you should feel bad. But it was that no one really knows what to expect. And, and also a seventh rounder could be better than a second rounder. But that's just how it works. With these kids and for the next few years, their seasons and much of their like true scouting time was impacted by a global pandemic. So obviously you know, it's not the end of the world. It, it truly isn't. And for people, you know, I'm sure there's going to be articles. Oh, what's the problem with Shane Wright? What did they find out? He likes pineapple on his pizza. Culture that is a problem. No, no, it's delicious. But anyways, like, it's just so, I mean, these kids get money regardless, so it's not unfortunate. But hey, what's an entry level contract these days for a top like, five prospect? Nine hundred thousand, fifty, nine hundred. Right. Yeah, like more money than I'll see for a long time, probably not ever. But you know, it's just I don't know. I, like I truly feel bad for them because you know it just isn't fun. It isn't fun to be compared, but they're having the time of their life. So that's what matters. And all the prospects, actually, it's Quebec. I forget if you have to be 18 or 19. I think it's 18. Quebec is a little bit more laissez-faire in that regard. Uh, So all the prospects are going to have a really great time visiting some Montreal bars after. Not that I'm condoning behavior. They're 18. uh, Let them do what they want. By all means, celebrate the fact that you're drafted in the first round. So much fun. Of course, there is one 17 year old that I took notes on because, again, I was is able that to write that's right out of high school. I mean, I'm assuming because being 17, I would assume I feel like you'd still be in high school if you're 17. Yeah, yeah it's like when the Sedines were drafted. Um, yeah, I was able to take notes on the first half of the first round until we hopped on this. And uh, that guy out of Sweden drafted by the Vancouver Canucks because, of course. Um, so maybe he'll just, he'll have his own party, pizza and apple juice, and everyone else can be drinking, uh, Prosecco and stuff. But, um, Shane Wright, fourth overall, we skip over third overall, of course, Logan Cooley. I really, I don't hate the fact that the Arizona Coyotes took Cooley over Shane Wright, because you look at what they've had in their organization with Clayton Keller being a building block you look at jacob chikrin and as much as people keep saying oh he's going to get traded he's going to get traded is he really though i mean they asked bill armstrong tonight on the espn broadcast and he was like we expect him to be part of our team like he's part of our team and he's in our plans so basically shooting down the whole notion of well you have to trade him no you don't just because you're a team that might not be that great right now again it's like with Chicago and trying to explain, well, usually you want to try to keep a guy like Alex Brinkett and trade everyone else. Arizona is doing that. They've traded everyone else and they've kept Jacob Chikrin, Clayton Keller, and you know Dyson Mayo at this point. And they're like, these are our guys. Let it, Dyson let's Mayo what happens. was a fake player for a while. That's why I love mentioning his name whenever I can. <laughs> He's no Rutger McGrordy. And that He's is the best like name from the first round, as a matter of fact. Rutger McGrorty uh, from it. Lincoln, Nebraska, Michigan University bound, 18 years old, USA U18 National Development Program, uh, six foot one, 200 pounds, 69 points, 54 games, pretty nice. Min- uh, the Winnipeg Jets took him 14th overall. Cool. They also took Connor Geeky, who is the younger brother. Sorry, no. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes took Connor Geeky who played for the Winnipeg Ice. That's the, the correlation there, the Winnipeg uh, similarity. 
Did you see Morgan Geeky call out a fan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going so to reference funny. that. Because Twitter during the draft is always a fun time. And occasionally family members of those being drafted are looking at their feed while you tweet about them. And uh, Morgan Geeky replied to someone saying that he was pretty bald. And he was like, hey, <laughs> be nice. That hurt my feelings. And uh, then Connor Geeky got drafted 11th overall. Kudos to the Geeky family. Uh, I'm sure they're geeking out about uh, another kid being drafted into the NHL. There's a pun for you. Uh, rounding out the top 10, we got Cutter Gautier. What a name. He's- Isn't that the guy who sang somebody I used to know or whatever? Yeah. So, whatever happened to Gautier, by the way? Uh, do you- Honestly, like one of the best moves ever is just to have one one hit wonder and then leave really solid hit and then just like fucking take all that money and leave. Right. Because he's still making money off of it. And and whoever Kimbra is, is also making money. Yeah. Off of that. We need a where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get some feet on it. Some artists that we used to know. Somebody that I used to know. Uh, David Juracek, six overall to the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's a defender from the Extra Liga. That's the Czech League, if you're wondering. If you rearrange the letters, you get David Krejci. So conspiracy theories here on Bruce Bruins. (laughs) Krejci is going to make a return. Uh, 18 years old, right shot, six foot three, 189 pounds. Obviously, you trade Seth Jones. You have Zach Rowenski. You have Adam Boquist now. Columbus just looking to kind of restock their defenders after the last few years going with forwards in the draft and everything. Cool. Yeah, we'll see how it works out. Uh, seventh overall, Kevin Korchinski going to the Chicago team. Compared to that of Shea Theodore, Shea Theodore, one of my favorite defenders in the National Hockey League these days. I, I don't know if this point, if he's underrated or not, but for Korchinski to be a compared to him Uh, obviously this means that he'll get traded to the vegas golden knights and then he'll succeed because you know that's the shea theodore pathway of success i still the anaheim ducks who i'll mention in just a few moments they draft defenders like crazy and then they flip them like crazy because they know they can always sell high or make something short-sighted in terms of like shea theodore go to vegas Marco Casper, who well, you know, a a Swede going to Detroit because, what? of course, eighth overall. He played in the Swedish league, but he's actually from Austria. So just take what I said and throw it in the trash. You filthy animal. Uh, <laughs> he's from Austria, so he's more like a Thomas Vanek than he is a Nick Lidstrom, and also he's a forward, so he wouldn't be a Nick Lidstrom to begin with. Matthew Savoy, ninth overall to the Buffalo Sabres, also from the Winnipeg Ice. Teammates with Connor Geeky, five foot nine, 175 pounds. So I guess he's the next Martin St. Louis or Johnny Gaudreau or uh, who else is short in the league these days? Corey Krug. Yeah, there's him, Brad Marchand. I think that Brad Marchand is shorter than Tory Krug. I've seen them stand next to each other. He, he is. Uh, don't tell him I said that, though. I disagree. Pavel, Pavel Mintikov, 10th uh, overall to the Anaheim Ducks, one of the better defenders in the draft. Of course, a defender was taken second overall. This one was taken 10th overall. But in terms of Anaheim, you know, in recent years, Jamie Drysdale, you want to talk about 10 years ago, Cam Fowler. You want to talk about the fact that, again, I just mentioned the Ducks always seem to draft a defender and then it's their biggest asset to trade when they look for anything else. Uh, I like this pick. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if he actually makes a team or in the course of their rebuild, they use him to land something bigger and better. The rest of the picks, uh, not really interested in, in any of them. I'm kidding. I just don't want to read them, but there's one more that um, it might've, it was, I think it was Rutger McGrory. He was talking about, or no, it was the other guy that is Denton Matichuk was drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets 12th overall. 
And he was mentioning something about, oh, my brother grew up rooting for the Blue Jackets. And Emily Kaplan asked the question, like, oh, do you know who was, you know, his favorite player growing up? And he said, Jack Johnson. And for the young folks at home that like grew the, up rooting for Jack Johnson on the Columbus Blue Jackets, I just want to point out that he had a career with the Los Angeles Kings before then. So from about the 2011-12 season to 2017-18, he played for Columbus. Since then, he's been with like Pittsburgh, Colorado. He just won a cup and everything. If you want to feel old, listen to someone say that their brother grew up rooting for Jack Johnson on the Columbus Blue Jackets. If you're wondering where all the good people went. Yeah. All right, Jess, you got to get out of here. I do. So thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm sure I'll have you guys on at some point in the off season because it's incredibly long and we need things. (laughs) We need need stuff to talk about. Yeah. Gotta make that content. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, We'll, we'll we'll have you back on someday. Yeah. I'm I'm sure if we will tomorrow, (laughs) we'll, we'll circle, we'll circle back. We'll, we'll have our people get in touch with each other. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks guys. We'll see you later. All right, Lancey, let's just run through the rest of what you got real quick. Cause I got to eat dinner. The rest of what I have, I have nothing else. No, uh, I do. I don't know. I, I guess we can just go through the rest of the names. Frank Nazar, 13th overall to Chicago. Uh, jo- Jonathan Lekermaki. I should have consulted Walter on how to say that. Uh, People like that guy. 17 years old. He, he's the, the high schooler, if you're wondering. Noah Oslin, 16th overall to Buffalo. And at this point, I have to hit refresh because I haven't been looking at my TV. Uh, <laughs> I I have a new setup in the other room. Fun fact. I'm going to do this whole studio thing for podcasting. The only bad thing is I don't have a TV in there. So if anyone wants to just like Venmo me and you know, pay for basic cable. That would be great. But uh, cable box, literally anything that I could just stream it on the TV. The National Predators took a guy from Finland. The Dallas Stars took a guy from Sweden. Minnesota Wild took a guy from Sweden because, of course, they did. They got to replace Kevin Fiala with someone else from Europe. The Washington Capitals took a guy from Russia because, you know, of course they did. They have uh, Ovechkin. They might as well have someone that grew up rooting for Alex Ovechkin. The Pittsburgh Penguins took someone from the Swift Current Broncos. That's Owen Pickering. Uh, I knew someone with the last name Pickering. Completely unrelated. And I'm Ducks took someone from Quebec, the Remparts, that is. Uh, St. Louis took someone from the U.S. national team. Minnesota took someone from Russia. Maybe they can pick up real Kaprizov on their way over here. I guess that's a great segue because the rest of the picks we can talk about in a moment. But uh, Kirill Kaprizov, have you been following along this story? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's not just Kirill Kaprizov because there's Ivan Fedotov. Yeah, that's the Philadelphia that's the Flyers main goaltender part. that they just signed to his entry-level contract and they're expecting him to be the next best thing since Carter Hart or whatever. Um, next best uh, thing since wrestling, since Elvis Presley. Yeah. Is that from a pop culture thing I should know of? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an Eminem song. Okay. Well, you see, I was a little bit too young for Eminem, but young enough to let my siblings listen to him, and I would kind of get the gist of it. I but was anyway. Listen, I was listening to Eminem when I was in elementary school, which is not okay. I mean, maybe. So... The bottom line here is that Russian prospects are having a hard time if they are currently in Russia getting to North America or if they're in North America, basically never going back home because, as I'm sure you are well aware, they are invading a a foreign sovereign nation that is Ukraine. And um, Russia is now trying to bring back all their athletes, both for the purpose of saying that the KHL is the greatest thing in the world which we've kind of seen them do years ago in the Soviet era of hockey, the 1970s, 80s, and even into the early 90s. I mean, Pavel Bure, that was a bit of a hassle to get him on a contract with the, Washington, with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you think of the Russian Five, and ultimately 
all of them ending up in Detroit and how I've, they literally I've had once to defect. stopped thinking about the Russian five. Because you're a diehard Red Wings fan deep down inside. But uh, I have the hat. He has they're the my, hat. They're my team. And now we must go to war because I'm an Avs fan. And that <laughs> is that. But uh, yeah, so basically we're, we're back in like the 1970s and 80s and 90s version of hockey where Russia is like, we want all of our guys playing for our league or actively involved in conscription because they have that. So no one really knows where Kirill Kaprizov is right now. And it's not really for us to find out. That's probably because, a good thing. Yeah, he's he's either going to just show up in Minnesota and people will be like, how did this happen? Or we have a big problem. And as it is back in March, the NHL cut off their ties with the KHL. So all that we know is whatever's on paper in terms of transactions between the leagues and what have you. So I was genuinely curious how many teams would take someone from a Russian league or someone that was born in Russia. Uh, someone that played for Saginaw was drafted tonight, originally from Russia. He's not anticipating going back at all. And other players that just recently played in you know, a Russian junior league, like the guy that was drafted by the Washington Capitals. Okay. You've been drafted by the Capitals. I'm sure Alex Ovechkin might be able to do a, do you a favor and say, no, no, he has to come to training camp. But how will that actually work out is a, a huge question mark right now. So we're hoping for the best, obviously more so for the people that are literally being bombed right now. And also for the, the hockey players that are now dealing with the uncertainty of where can they live and can they get their family into a safe situation and with as little of a hassle as possible because it's not great all around yeah and and you know with the context that also Brittany Griner is stuck there and just I believe today as a recording uh, pled guilty to that drug charge which as we've seen, can be really, really bad uh, in in countries like Russia. Um, I believe it's 10 years of uh, prison time that she may face, which is yeah. not ideal. Uh, no, uh, it's clearly not ideal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, fascist states, bad. That's uh, the that is the stance of this podcast if 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 you like fascists please excuse yourself now speaking of fascist states uh florida uh <laughs> real, real quick when people are like if you don't like being in florida why not just move well that's great but what if you can't move what if you're not a middle-class white person that can just move about the country pick up and uh, find a new home somewhere else and a new job and yeah it, it can be really hard to move from your circumstances i get that we'd love to just do the cartoon thing which is cut off a state and let it float off into the atlantic ocean but you can't actually do that and uh there are people that are still living there that it is their home uh, i mean speaking of rights to land and things i don't know if anyone ever learned of you know Native Americans and the, the history of colonists and everything. But um, again, you can't exactly just say, just leave this place and go elsewhere when they make insane laws that are really backwards. And if, if you love freedom, if you truly want to let people do whatever they want, then you would have that instead it's of telling them what to do. It's all very backwards where a certain political party uh, preaches personal liberty and then uh, very aggressively lobbies against personal liberty uh, in, in many cases, not just talking about the repeal of Roe v. Wade, but, um, you know, up, potentially upcoming Supreme Court cases uh, against gay marriage and and other stuff and i mean 
Florida specifically is. Uh, if you know of any P flag organizations in Florida, by all means, donate to them. Very, very specifically, Florida and a lot of a lot of other countries, or a lot of other countries, a lot of other states, uh, lobbying against trans rights and and gay rights, and uh, it's uh, really upsetting. Um, yeah, fuck that shit. Doesn't always come in in tanks. Sometimes it just comes in with thunderous applause. Yeah. Uh, As noted in uh, Attack of the Clones, <laughs> to, to get this, get us all back on track, uh, Attack of the Clones, who is the most like Obi-Wan Kenobi from the first round? Chris is like, this is way off the deep end. Hopefully Patrick has done his run. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to go eat food. You um, should do that it's it's almost eight o'clock here um and we started recording late because my contractor showed up late to pick up the money that i owed him for doing half of his job um rate and review like and subscribe yeah good good times uh oh boy all right everybody thanks for uh thanks for listening to this probably two-part episode um because uh we we're behind one so we might as well split this into two and maybe release them both on the same day just to just to cheat, the, cheat the system a little bit it'll get you from 200 to 300 faster we're just getting that extra DraftKings read in uh i'll i'll have cam and drew add that in post remember feel the sweat feel i'm waiting for them to add that in post for you yep there we go. <laughs> well, thanks for having me because uh, always a fun time making the, what is this? The 40th and 41st or whatever appearances yeah. at this point. Uh, I, I was excited for this one. I mean, we, we get to talk a lot, but we, we don't get to just like sit down for two hours and talk nothing but hockey a lot. Uh, so, you know, We'll do it again. Yeah, we, we, we probably should. How's next week work? Uh, we'll, we'll do a spinoff podcast. It's the Chris and Nick Hour, where we specifically talk Patrick through his run. Uh, <laughs> the first mile is going to be good contracts signed by we by Don We gotta get uh, we gotta get Patrick's, second mile. We gotta get Patrick's uh, pace, and then and then figure out uh, seven thirty pace. Am I right? It out, yeah. Uh, that's that'd be a that'd be a solid pace depending on how long you're going um yeah uh lancy always always great having you on um i'm sure we'll uh we'll meet up in person at some point this late you summer cordially invited to be in the backyard playing bocce because hey, same same offer extended to my parents place because they got a got a real wonky backyard with lots of hills and stuff and some Bocce trees and bushes yeah <laughs> now we gotta play on a mountain we'll we'll do a home and home <laughs> there we go the, oh by the way the nhl schedule is released no 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 more topics we're done no more Patrick is topics. back at his home at this point i i i do appreciate the nhl releasing their schedule in like the the week of dumping news but um th there's nothing i care less about than the nhl schedule before you know what teams are going to look like just looks like I have to go to Minnesota for my birthday. All right. And now it is dinner time. Enjoy dinner, Chris. Thank you, Lancey. Uh, thank you to Jess for coming on. We love her as well. Um, man, always fun talking to you guys. Uh, just like Jess more so than me. I mean, excellent. Hockey, she stays on topic. Excellent hockey podcasters. I think I think you two together bring like the perfect balance of energy. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but i hope everyone enjoyed this podcast as much as i did this uh, well one not, of, we'll just keep patting ourselves on the back yeah just, i think well, we did a great job today. one of the best podcasts that's ever if you been listened recorded. to this and you hated it it's because um, you suck but you know try harder next time tr truly truly just the the best of podcasts uh yeah thanks for thanks for listening thanks for keeping us going during the off season and we're going to try to keep going during the off season yeah, we'll get some um, listener questions next time yeah, next time we'll we, we, we might even get some listeners on the podcast next time. Hey, there we go. Well, Sean back. Yeah. All right. Uh, how do I stop recording?